Hello, hello, hello. The bell has rung, and welcome once again to the Dr. Digital Podcast. Another great episode coming your way. Thanks for listening in. Let's get started. Chapter 9, Dr. Bob E. Maple, the poster boy of oysters. The commotion caused people to pop out of offices. I walked downstairs to see myself. When I reached the bottom of the stairs, Clarissa stood there with an empty bottle of water in her hand. Who is Selena? Clarissa asked. Momentarily stunned, I hesitated answering. Rita's desk was wet, legal papers were strewn about, and Rita was being comforted by two co-workers who had their hands on each of her shoulders. Anne's friend, I stated. It seems as if we are done for today after Anne's phone call to her friend, Clarissa said. Anne walked out. I understand, I responded, and I saw the result on Rita's desk. Today all we accomplish is that you will return Anne's things. I will write this agreement up for the court. You can expect it within two days, Clarissa stated. Sure, I agreed, I added. I had a frank discussion with Mr. Livid. I was not pleased that he added the federal case issue in an attempt to switch jurisdiction from federal to the local court, Clarissa finished. Good day, and removed herself to assist Rita. Like attracts like, a young clerkish-looking guy in a tie and a white shirt said who was helping Rita. I beat a hasty retreat out the door. I got home and called Robert. Yes, yes, I know all about it. Clarissa called me, Robert said. The upshot with the mediator is two things. First, she advised transferring the goods that Anne wants. And the second has to do with Livid? I asked. Yes, more importantly, she characterized Livid's addition to the mediation agreement regarding the federal case as improper. I remember, but what is improper? Livid wants to move your parents' lawsuit from federal to state court. What's the difference? I indicated that the two actions, your legal position in relationship to Anne and their lawsuit over non-repayment, are not related legally and cannot be connected, said Robert. That was Clarissa's point. I just didn't understand why she thought it was improper. I got it, I said. Now what? Mediation failed. Anne is forcing a full-blown custody trial. This is not one of those tea and crumpets, let's do what is best for the children arrangement. This is war, Robert said. Good to know. I thought this was fun so far, I added. Since Anne and you disagree regarding custody, the court requires a licensed Pennsylvania psychiatrist, a PhD in psychology, to interview you, Anne, yourself, and Katrin. They will issue a statement and recommend a course of settlement in the child's best interest for the court's review, Robert explained. Robert referred me to the county psychiatrist, Dr. Maple. I finally get the opportunity to help Katrin's story and return her home since the psych advocates the child's interest. I made an appointment with Maple and on the 18th of the month went in to see him. I told Maple that I had gone to the court-required parenting, produced the documentation, and then went on to explain the extra-divorce parenting class I attended. <laughs> Pervert entered. There are no trained mental professionals in that group. Dr. Bob E. Maple is a poster boy for oysters. If he were not the court-qualified shrink, I would have thought him a child molester. Since I had no choice, I did my best tail Garnegie imitation and turned on the charm for this bloodless man. Maple secludes himself in a dark, brown, stuffy office in North Blackland Township, along the main drag, inhabiting a windowless office with a few old magazines strewn about 
his address neatly cut out of the rags he had lying about in the anteroom, worn putrid green carpet, a narrow hallway, and a cramped back office. His wife died. He lived alone, Robert told me. Formal greeting requires a handshake. His hand felt slimy to the touch. I note that Maple had a few Freuds, a Carl Rogers, and two Youngs in a single bookshelf behind his desk, a filing cabinet, messy desk, his laminated PhD from Penn, and his smarmy ass. Anne had already spoken to Maple. She took Catron in alone once, then me, and thereafter Catron. Uh, yes, so you've heard of them? I responded once he told me he knew about the parenting class. Yes, I know all about them, Maple said, scribbling on his pad. Maple has this curious habit of looking sideways at you over his ill-fitting glasses. I didn't exactly know where to look since he didn't focus on making eye contact. I imagined an eye in the bridge of his nose for my orientation. Maple seemed like the wacky, maladjusted uncle that people in a family simply tolerate. He seemed isolated and lonely. I found the experience worthwhile, and I felt they had no axe to grind, I continued. I did, however, find this interesting article in the paper. It's about how kids want to spend more time with their dads. This is my hope with Katrin. I want to continue taking care of her like I have. What is wrong with your wife as a caregiver? Do you have a problem with her taking care of her child? Bob asked. I'm not being critical. I do think, though, that she exercises poor judgment, like taking Katrin unannounced twice, for example, I added. Bob made a note. I find her difficult to deal with, but if she were reasonable, then I think the three professionals, a priest, a marriage counselor, and a trained mediator and attorney would have gotten through to her. But they didn't, I add. I'll see what they say, Bob stated. What is a typical day for you and Katrin? Say today, a Saturday. Today, I smiled, is a bit different. Katrin is not usually at your office. My joke fell flat, and Maple appeared nonplussed. But usually we go to Wawa. That's a family tradition. Since she was nervous, this being something different, I told her we can get through this, and then she gets a donut. A donut? Bob asked. Yes, a donut is a treat. She usually gets what I call a healthy snack, but... We get through today's interview, and she will get a donut, I responded. Bob wrote, What are the marital difficulties between you and Anne? Bob asked. She seems to have had difficulties and unresolved issues between herself and her family. Also, I don't know to what extent her medications play a role in her life, I responded. What issues? Bob inquired. If you look at the material I put in the requested documents packet, handwritten letters to me about how Anne feels poorly in regards to her relationship with her mom, the sexual abuse at the hands of her brother-in-law, things like that. She feels unloved. She's depressed, as I understand it. That is why she is on antidepressant medication, I explained. I'll examine it. People generally respond well to medication. Now would I like to know to have you and Katrin in together for observation, Bob directed. Maple opened the door and books fell when Anne backed away too quickly as she eavesdropped through the door, and she was listening too closely. She just picked up the items hastily and replaced them. Back down the hall, Katrin looked upset, and she began to cry softly. Both Anne and I explained to Katrin that it would be fine. She and I would go and talk to Dr. Maple. Katrin reluctantly agreed and came in Maple's office. Mrs. Theus, thank you for coming today. I will finish up with Mr. Theus and your child. Thank you for coming, Maple said. 
Once entrapped, Catron's interview by the molester began, but I first calmed her down from the hallway. I noted the time on my watch. I did playtime with her. We built toy structures out of different colored tubes, and that was about it. I simply built onto the structures that she started. Eighteen minutes later, and Maple said that was it. He said he would be in touch. Eighteen minutes of observation to decide how Catron and I interacted and his evaluation would determine our relationship during her childhood? I played back the tape in my head. What did he say to Anne? Ah, yes. Your child. Per our routine, I took Catron to Wawa. Dad? Catron said. Yeah, hon. I inquired. I knew from the tone in her voice something is bothering her. I was scared, Catron said. I know, baby, but like I said, this is a one-time thing with Dr. Maple. We don't have to go back again, I replied. I thought it best to pull the car over, and I pulled into the parking space furthest from the street. No, Daddy, that's not what I mean. I was scared. Well, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to tell you, Catron said. I don't like Mommy's apartment. I want to come home. I told Dr. Maple. You did? I replied. Yes, but something happened that scared me, Catron added. Catron is in her usual place, in the back, so I turned round, wrenching my back, but I took her hand. Crumpled up in her sweaty palm is a note which read, I take, misspelled, care of myself, I do coloring books, watch TV, feed myself, think, sleep, do workbooks, thanks Grandma Theus, walk around, play with my dolls and my bitty baby. I think I was alone for four hours. I learned to say nothing, so she's not alarmed, but I caressed her hair next to her right ear, and I tucked her hair behind her ear. What is it, honey? I declared. You know you can tell me anything. Well, I was at Selena's, Catron said. Catron's brow scrunched into lines, and I could see moistness in her eyes. And, well, Selena told me to stay in the house and be quiet, so I did, but I was scared, Catron said. I don't understand. What was there to be afraid of? I asked. Whoosh. I was away from traffic, but on the train side of Wawa and the people living normal lives passed by just then on the train next to the parking lot. I was alone, Catron said. You mean alone, like no adults? Where was your Selena or another adult, a babysitter? I asked. Daddy, don't be mad at me, Catron pleaded. Of course, I'm not mad. You didn't do anything wrong, sweetheart. I'm just trying to find out what happened, I explained. Selena had to pick someone up, but she left me at her house alone. I was afraid, Daddy, Catron sobbed. I couldn't restrain myself. I just got back in the seat with her and hugged her like when she was a baby. I picked her up, and although Catron is five, I picked her up and rocked her like a baby. Once home and resolved that this game playing had to end, I emailed Robert. Dr. Maple had to know that Catron is not happy with the current arrangement. By email, I received this note. Spoke with Dr. Maple. He is of the opinion that your child is not in danger. He characterized the situation as Catron having one parent who is an engineer type and the other as a flower child. He was insistent that he perceived no harm befalling your child as per the current custody agreement. He will be contacting individuals you listed for him, and he will issue a report in the near future. One more bit of bad news. Father Williams declined to make a statement. He was counseled that it was better not to get involved in custody issues. Clearly, 
Robert's patience for me and my family waned. The next day, by email, I received, Paul, I feel that it is detrimental to your case to communicate by email. I am available by telephone, and while I will not respond to your email messages, I will talk with you by phone or in person. Robert, sure, Robert, by phone and in person costs more. I get the hint. My mom chimed into the email discussion by sending the following. A client's child is being left alone and he's got principles concerning emails? Sounds like a problem with priorities. I sent a registered letter to him before about suspecting Katrin is left alone. I made direct contract but no response. Nothing provides us legal grounds to act so he does not do anything. If he's got a plan, then act. I called Robert to focus on Katrin's needs. I went right after him. Robert, you say, if I have any issues, I should contact you directly. Right. Enough with emailing me every tedious detail or having your mother contact me. I don't want to proceed on that basis, Robert said. Seriously, what do you think contact will accomplish? You don't appear to be able to do anything constructive. The eunuch runs circles around you and leaves you befuddled, I said. I wondered if the neighbors could hear me. Anne acted as if you have known for months she would. We make agreements. She breaks them. I sent you my concern that Katrin is being left alone. You did nothing. Your response is only that there is nothing I can do. I can only do what I can do, Robert said, and didn't wait for a goodbye. He hung up. The next day, Dr. Maple's evaluation arrived. The licensed Pennsylvania psychologist and Ph.D. Dr. Bob E. Maple stated, I contacted Dr. Robert Morris, a marriage counselor whom Mr. Theus alleges that he and Mrs. Theus saw for marital counseling. However, Dr. Morris indicated to me that no such sessions occurred. This counseling appears to be a fabrication of Mr. Theus. As soon as she entered my office, Katrin stated that she wanted to tell the psychologist her stories. One story is about her and her mom. They are both walking when they see fierce cats with red eyes. Since they are afraid, Katrin commences to run, as does her mom. I asked where her mom is, and Katrin said she is too slow and she can't keep up with her mom. Katrin calls out to Anne, but she is gone and does not return for Katrin. Katrin sees a window shutter that needs fixings, and she stops to put it right. Then she wakes up. In a second story, there is the tale of the mouse and the lion. The lion is saved by the mouse. She told me her dad is the mouse, and she is the lion, but he will save her. I asked her why it is important for her to tell me the story, and she said so I would understand what is happening to their family. I'm strong, but I'm only a kid, she said. No one seems to like her dad, so he appears to be like a mouse. He will rescue me yet, she stated. I concluded other things about him. Paul uses undue pressure on Katrin. For example... Katrin told me privately that she prefers to live with her father. However, Paul admitted in my session with him that Katrin would receive a donut as a treat following our session. It is this interviewer's opinion, therefore, that Katrin is unduly pressured by loyalty to her father. It is quite clear that Anne is far more likely to support Katrin's relationship with Paul than is Paul likely to support Katrin's relationship with her mother. If Paul continues to make excessive phone calls or to seek contact with Katrin during times he is not to have contact, 
then Anne is encouraged to seek the legal remedies available to her since these actions keep Catron in the middle of the parental conflict rather than protecting her from them. Paul wanted daily custody, but he would grant all holidays to Anne because she is a terrific at the holidays, which would be good for Catron, he said. Anne asked for custody and holidays. Parents will share physical and legal custody so that they will have dual custody. Holidays will be spent with Mrs. Theus, and I recommend visitation for Mr. Theus one night a week and every other weekend. Respectively, Bob E. Maple, Ph.D., 638 Conestoga Road, North Blackland Township, PA, 19533. I got Robert on the phone immediately. The court will follow his recommendation, I started. What's your problem? You got the usual visitation, one night a week and every other weekend, Robert said. For one thing, you visit monkeys in a zoo. I'm not a monkey. I want to be a parent, I responded. Typical, Robert said. This is wrong. Who is Dr. Morris? This clown Bob can't even get the facts right. Anne and I saw Dr. Vishnu, not a Dr. Morris, whoever the hell that is, I said. The system is not perfect, Robert stated. I never pressured Catron to say anything. I didn't even know she told Maple she wanted to come home until after the session, I said. The child has two homes. Keep that in mind, Robert said. Maple is saying I'm keeping Catron from Anne? What a joke. Anne kidnapped Catron twice from me, actually. It really happened, but he criticized me for what I might do? What kind of reasoning is that? Maple's opinion counts for far more than what Anne actually did, I stated. The courts will by and large follow a Sykes recommended parenting and visitation setup. I will have it on my schedule for next week at the courthouse, I'm sure, Robert stated. Maple Anne's urges Anne to use the law against me, to literally keep Catron from me. Is that the purpose of the law, then, to divorce children from their fathers? I exclaimed. Robert hung up. I got an email from Robert, robert at email.msn.com, to Paul, hist at rocketmail.com, subject, re, representation for the judge's ruling on Maple's recommendation. Perhaps it would be better for you to represent yourself. Please advise as I am scheduling next week's tasks. This is Mick, the Doctor of Digital, signing off. Mick, as in Jagger, except he's got more money. Mick, the Doctor of Digital, signing off. The Doctor of Digital, like cotton candy for your ears, Deus Volt.